Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven. That is my lovely wife, as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different interests and we try to bring each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. Today is the sports episode. The last one of season two before our two-week hiatus, I guess you could call it. And re-strategizing attack of all the episode styles. It's exciting. I mean, it will be nice to have a break. Yeah. And I'll have my birthday off. It's almost like someone planned it that way. I won't have your birthday off. I'm really sad. I get to go into working eight days after we take this short time off. So, But let's get straight into the news, starting with the NHL, as always, because it's the only one I care about. I feel like if you were smarter about it, you'd mix it in the middle so that you had some stuff you don't care about, then what you cared about, and then maybe something you didn't care about to wrap it up. No, because if I do what I care about at the beginning, then I can just zone out for the rest of the that episode. That defeats and it's the purpose. So great. That truly defeats the purpose of the whole episode, though. <laughs> like, it's it's meant to bring you into sports, not just be ignored. At least I'm making an effort with books. I'm starting True. to wonder. You are. <laughs> the Stanley Cup playoff picture is now down to two teams, and it's the two I didn't want to make into the finals. So you know, I'm doing great with my picks. Yeah, um, I'm a little bummed out about this one. I definitely was rooting for the Islanders after they beat your Penguins because that was really the only two horses I had in the race. Right. Um, I've always been a big fan of Barry Trotz, even when he was the coach of the Capitals. I know you didn't like him, but I always felt as a coach like he was probably one of the most respectful and respected coaches in the NHL. Here's the thing. You didn't have to play them all the effing time, so like you don't really know what he was like. I watched enough games because of him playing the Penguins that I do know a little bit about his style of coaching just a little bit, but yeah. So it will end up being a final between the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning that starts on Monday, June 28th, so the day before this episode goes up. And for some reason now, I have to root for the Canadians to win. A Canadian team named the Canadians to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know what kind of world we're living in now where I have to root for a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Right. To add insult to injury, they also were the last Canadian team to be in the Stanley Cup in 1993. So it's been a minute since any Canadian team has been there. So... I mean, I feel like all of Canada is going to be rooting for them, even if they're not their team, because, like, national pride or whatever. I feel like the only team fans that might have a little trouble would be the Maple Leafs, but, like, dude, they beat you guys to get here, so, like, you got to give them at least a little respect. Right. But, see, I want to be the only team that has won back-to-back Stanley Cups in the salary cap era, so I can't root for Tampa Bay. So I have to root for a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Well, here's the reality of it. So far, every team we've rooted for has been eliminated in the round we've been rooting for them. So, so I need to root for Realistically, Tampa Bay? you need to root for Tampa Bay so that they lose and the Canadians Gross. win. Gross. Like, if you really think about it, like, think back in the previous rounds. Every team we've rooted for is not in the next round. So, right. I don't know. It's just maybe a wise decision to root for Tampa Bay. <laughs> but... It'll be wrapping up the Stanley Cup during our break, so we're probably going to stay on our social media during our break, updating you guys on how the Stanley Cup is going and that sort of thing. And then that marks, obviously, the end of uh, not-anxiety season of hockey since neither of our teams are in because it becomes trade deadlines, uh, expansion draft, NHL draft. A real draft, yeah. All the things. 
And let's be honest, most teams have been waiting until after the Stanley Cup to do serious moves. So it's going to get really ugly. I'm not going to like it. And the Kraken are going to take one of my babies and I'm going to be mad about it. If it's anything like near as successful or chaotic as it was when they added the Golden Knights, it's going to be a rough summer. If you remember, the podcast won't remember because they didn't know me then, but you may remember when the expansion draft happened for the Golden Knights, I distinctly set my phone on do not disturb and just <laughs> left it alone all day. No social media, no YouTube, nothing. It was just like doing work, doing chores, watching Netflix. All I did. Yeah, I do remember, and I wouldn't be shocked if we end up in the same boat again this year. That's exactly what's going to happen. Like, all of my news is going to get filtered through you. So, like, you're going to have to, like, break it to me very nicely. Maybe with a bar of chocolate. (laughs) Thanks, sweetheart. This is who they stole. Here's a box of chocolates. Yes, exactly. But I guess we'll start this week really news-wise discussing some new contracts that people have done. It's been a season of hiring this past week or a week of hiring let's say a whole season of hiring i'm like so blake como who we know from the pittsburgh penguins and also the dallas stars yeah has signed a one-year one million dollar contract to stay with the dallas stars on monday i was a little surprised at this amount just because he is getting older at this point i mean everyone's getting older but he's getting up there i would say at a million dollars it's still a steal like the issue is when you get older Injury concerns start right, to become right. a real thing. So and like, he's had that problem in the past. Yeah, whereas if he gets hurt again, my main concern is that he ends up in the same boat where it's just like he's collecting a million dollars and not playing. Yeah, we'll have to see how that one plays out. It is only a one-year contract, though, so it's not like it's a big commitment. Yeah, it definitely offers the Stars some flexibility on whether to keep him after just the one season or not. So. And then you're going to correct me on this last name because I'm going to say it wrong. Matt Nieto? Pretty close. I'll let it be. That, that, let it lie. That was so close that I'm not going to correct it. He has signed a two-year contract to stay with the San Jose Sharks on Monday, but at the time that I took my notes, there weren't any financial terms released for this contract. I don't know if that's changed in the past, like, 12 hours, but... It's got an AAV of 850000 Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not terrible. It's not a lot. It's a lot. Like, to a normal human being that works for a living, it's a lot. Well, but when you're discussing sports contracts, that's not a lot. Yeah, I guess so in that argument, yes. But we've always known the NHL was one of the lowest paying sports. I would say the only other one would probably be, like, a bench guy for the MLS. You're just like, you know, I'm here. I've got some money. I'm living. And then we, in our real life, were talking about the Sedin twins the other day, and then... I just discovered that Daniel and Henrik Sedin were named on Tuesday as special advisors to the GM of the Vancouver Canucks. The Sedins will provide support for GM Jim Benning and assistant GMs John Weisbrod and Chris Gear. And their sort of role that they'll be doing includes involvement in player evaluation, development, and communication from the amateur to the NHL level for the team. They're also going to work with the staff in the AHL side of things and participate in amateur and pro scouting meetings there and help plan for drafts, free agency, and the trade deadline. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they have a lot of experience. Of hockey, for sure, without a doubt, as well, too. Like, 
let's be honest, they had probably some of the best work ethic that hockey players have had in recent years. Like, they were always those guys that were practicing longer than anybody else. They never left the ice as quickly as everyone else. So it's just kind of their, their thing. But also, the coach for the expansion team, the Seattle Kraken, has been hired. Dave Haxtell was hired by the Seattle Kraken on Thursday and said that it will be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to help build the team from scratch. Yeah, so he was previously the assistant coach this past season with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he has some coaching experience there. But prior to even that, he was the head coach for the Philadelphia Flyers for, I believe, three seasons and had actually pretty good record. It was really when the Flyers were, like, clicking right at the turning point of their career. And then, obviously, last season was kind of a flop. So things didn't work out so well. Did you want me to end it on the news that he was also the head coach of North Dakota State, I guess? I mean, it would be better than talking about the Flyers, but, I mean, (laughs) someone has to be a coach for the Flyers. Yeah. I mean, they could get rid of the whole team altogether. That would work. Well, if it makes you feel any better, he's not the coach of the Flyers anymore. He's the head coach of the Kraken. We'll see how he does. Yeah. And Mark Messier has reached a multi-year agreement on Thursday to join ESPN as an NHL studio analyst beginning next season. He will appear on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. We have all those things. Hooray! Obviously, he was brought in to kind of give them good commentary in the studio in comparison to Wayne Gretzky, who signed with TBS and TNT. Right. So they're going to be the two channels that are majorly broadcasting hockey next season. So we'll see what happens with that. Carl Gunnarsson, who helped the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup in 2019, has announced his retirement from professional hockey on Wednesday. A knee injury sustained by the 34-year-old defenseman on February 22nd against the Los Angeles Kings ended his season. He's played seven of his 12 NHL seasons for the Blues. So most of his career. Yep. Another one of those situations where his body decided he was done. Sometimes that's the way it works. Yeah. It sucks, but it happens. And Matthew Barzal of the New York Islanders was fined $5,000 by the NHL Department of Player Safety for cross-checking Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Jan Rutta. Ruta. Ruta. During Game 5 of the Stanley Cup semifinals on Monday, June 21st. Not as many people behaving badly these days, or at least not getting fined as often. I was going to say, if you watched any of the Islanders Lightning series, you know that that's not true. People were practically killing each other. Like, there were slashes, cross-checks everywhere, and they were just letting them go. They weren't calling penalties. And Well, I mean, when the Stanley Cup playoffs started, you were like, let them play. To an extent, yeah, but it was like this, the level of what they were doing was just dangerous it wasn't like competitive it was dangerous and there's a difference between those two things the internet world was making jokes about how the nhl must not have a vision plan because things were happening literally like feet away direct vision of the referees and they weren't even being called and at that point it's like department of player safety needs to step in and maybe do their job now i'm wondering i don't think i've ever seen a ref wearing glasses on the ice do they (laughs) just wear contacts i don't know it's a good question Or do they just make bad calls like they have been all playoff long? You don't need bad vision to just make a bad call. It helps, though. Hmm. But then we have the trophies that have been awarded. 
Not all of them have been awarded. The NHL announced that it will reveal the winners of the five remaining regular season trophies during the 2021 NHL Awards presented by Bridgestone, which will air at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, June 29th on NBCSN. The award show will be co-hosted by NBC Sports' Kenny Albert and Sportsnet's Kyle Bukakis? Bukowskis. Sure. I wrote this name down. I don't remember it, but like it looks like a monster of a name. Usually when I come up on names like that, I go and find a video where somebody's actually saying his name so I can try to pronounce it a dozen times or so. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know his name because I don't have this article, so clearly I didn't go and find it. The program will announce the winners of the 2020-2021 Calder Memorial Trophy, the Hart Memorial Trophy, the James Norris Memorial Trophy, the Ted Lindsay Award, and the Vesna Trophy. And those are the five that haven't come out yet, but that's when they will be announced on Tuesday. But there were two that came out this week that were announced. Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins has won the Marc Messier NHL Leadership Award, which is presented to the player who exemplifies great leadership qualities on and off the ice and who plays a leading role in his community growing the game of hockey. It's a lot Yeah. to unpack. He's doing good things for the community. He's doing good things for hockey, and they gave him the award for it. Yep. And Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders was named the winner of the Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award for the second straight season on Tuesday, June 22nd. The award is presented annually to the GM who has best excelled at his role during the regular season. The award is voted on by the NHL GMs and a panel of NHL executives and print and broadcast media after the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. This makes him the first person to win it twice. Yeah, it's quite the feat to do it too. Obviously, the Islanders, who he's the GM for, have been pretty impressive the last couple of years. Adding Barry Trotz as a coach and then putting some good players in the right places is, you know, he's doing his job real well. So, yeah. And then we'll move on to the NFL, where not as much is happening, but they do have some COVID news happening in the NFL. NFL players have until July 2nd to opt out of the 2021 season. Players who are deemed higher risk for COVID are again entitled to a $350,000 stipend, but voluntary opt-outs will not be compensated, which is different from last season. Last season, the stipend for voluntary opt-out was $150,000. Also, a voluntary opt-out is only available to players who executed their contracts prior to October 1st, 2020 which disqualifies 2021 rookies. A rookie may opt out if they are classified as higher risk, and all opt-out decisions are final. So once you say, I'm not going to participate, you can't. So it's not like last season where people were walking back the I'm opting out conversation because it happened about like a dozen times last year. They probably just want to prevent that mess from happening again. Well, and the reality is, too, it allows the teams to try to fill those positions in time for the regular season instead of just being screwed like last time where it's like, well, I might, I might not, you know, type wishy-washy nonsense. The biggest news of the week, though, coming out of the NFL was the Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib, Nassib has become the first active NFL player to come out as gay. I personally don't 
I don't know. I do and don't think it should be as big of a deal as they've made it. Like, obviously, you want the visibility and representation that you don't get in a lot of sports. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, he's a person. The The reality is it, it was blown into this big thing because it's an uncomfortable subject in the world of sports still. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, yeah. And so, like, both... The commissioner of the NFL, who made a statement basically stating, like, it's really sad that we have to make this news, but we understand why it's news. Yeah. And he goes, I hope in the future, just like like Carl, in that instance, that it is going to be an easier process for people in the future, basically. Yeah. And he, the player had the same stance. Like, he was right there in the same situation where he's just like, I'm sad that I have to make it this thing that it is because he goes, it shouldn't have to be. I should be able to just talk to my teammates and about it. And it shouldn't be this big news situation. Right. I think he handled it as well as he could situationally. And it was honorable of him to donate a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project as well. Yeah. So as a part of his announcement on Instagram, he pledged to donate a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project, which is a leading organization in the U.S. centered on crisis and suicide prevention amongst LGBTQIA plus youth. And actually, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell later issued a statement in support of him. But on top of that, the NFL has now matched the pledge by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project as well. Yeah, one's chump changed to one and not the other. So let's be right. honest. <laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely not the same percentage of profit or income or whatever you want right. to call it. But it's still good of them to donate. Oh, yeah. If, if they were, like, really going for a press release, they could have gone, like, we're going to double what he donated and give him 200000 And still, it's like, that's nothing, but it's still... I mean, it's just good that they did it. Yeah. Also this week, the Buffalo Bills announced that they have plans to build a new stadium finalized. They're just basically trying to choose between two locations so that they can start the actual building process. Uh, the expected finish dates for that stadium range anywhere currently from 2025 to 2027 season. They're not quite sure where it's going to land yet. I'm so glad they made that announcement now. Yeah. Just four to six years of waiting, and then you can play in the stadium. And the fun part of it is their contract actually ends in the stadium they're in in 2023, so they're trying to decide if they're going to either extend the lease or actively play somewhere else for like a couple of years that would be weird yeah i would just extend the lease if i were them depends on the property owner i guess and the pittsburgh steelers have signed former pro bowl guard trey turner they've agreed to a one-year three million dollar deal which includes a two million dollar signing bonus so most of that is pretty much guaranteed yeah seems to be the way it goes in the nfl it's never like that in the nhl no not at all and in a, I don't know, would you call this, it's not criminal, but it's not really health related. Vikings rookie defensive lineman Jalen Twyman mm-hmm. is expected to make a full recovery after being shot four times on Monday while visiting a family member in Washington, D.C. So what's crazy about this is he was just sitting in his car out in front of his family's house. He wasn't the target, No, apparently. he wasn't. Yeah. So his agent came out and said that he walked himself into the hospital, which Crazy. I wouldn't, but okay. Yeah. He's much stronger than I am. But he was an innocent bystander in a car in a wrong place, wrong time sort of situation. situation. Yeah. 
And the agent also said that they were superficial wounds and that he's expected to make a full recovery. And I'm like, geez. They basically were all cleaned through and throughs based on what the police report that I read related to it. And so it's just like... I mean, if you walked yourself into the hospital, I assume it didn't hit anything major. Important. Yeah, exactly. The fact of the matter is you got shot four times and you still were standing, which is insane. Yeah. Basically what it sounds like is the D.C. police have no idea who it was. Like, not even kind of a clue. And in those situations, a lot of the times, like, people don't want to rat out whoever did those types of things Mm because they'll get killed. And so, like, it's a tough situation because you got to know that there's not going to be any any, like, actual solution to this issue. Like, it's never going to get closed, the case. Well, you would hope that maybe a bullet will link back to another case or something, and eventually they'll solve it, but who knows? Yeah. I just think it's insane that he wasn't even the target, and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. What's scarier about it, I think, is the fact that, like, this guy was going to have to really work to get a spot on this roster, and now he's not going to be able to go back to camp because of this injury, so... Would he be able to work his way onto the roster at some point later in the season? It's, or is it sort of like it's too late now and he's not going to make it? It's always team? possible. Based on what it sounds like coming out of the Vikings organization, he's going to make the practice squad no matter what. So it's just a matter of like him earning that spot from the pa- practice squad or team up to the full roster. Which, you know, coming in the sixth round of a draft doesn't necessarily mean that you have a guaranteed spot. So it's just like something put him one step a little further back, I guess. So is he basically set to have a job through the season no matter what? And, like, is the practice squad, like, a position where you can make money? or Yes, you make a little bit of money, but you realistically need to hold another job most of the time. Mm, okay. So, like, a lot of the times, like, there was a joke a number of years ago with the Denver Broncos. They had guys that they would find jobs for and keep them on the practice squad, but they would find them jobs at, like, cell phone kiosks and things like that. So, like, the joke was That's one of the guys was literally two weeks before coming and playing in the NFL was actively just working out with the organization, not even practicing on a full squad and was working at a cell phone kiosk. So like it it happens, but they usually have other jobs. Oh, okay. Which is weird, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I did have one more signing though. The Jets signed offensive tackle Morgan Moses to a one-year $3.6 million contract with incentives possibly reaching another $1.7 million on top. Originally, they offered him a two-year contract at a $3.5 million mark, but he wasn't so sure that he wanted to sign a, uh, a longer-than-one-year contract at that point in time. So he was just kind of like, let's give me a little more money for the one year and a little less on the incentives, and like that's how it ended up kind of working out. So That's weird, right? Like Most players want a longer contract because that's guaranteed time and money. But it's also with the Jets. True. But can't you also be traded without... Having to leave your contract? Yes and no. It's become kind of a toxic thing to try to get out of a contract lately. For this next one, I hope you have more than me. Because for Major League Baseball, I only have two things of news. Which, you know, I don't mind because it's my least favorite sport. But it just seemed like there wasn't a lot going on outside of people's opinions about the rules, about the sticky stuff. Yeah, that was definitely the hot topic this week. Yeah. And, like, your opinion isn't really news. Like, I I get why people want to talk about it, because it's, like, the thing that's happening in baseball right now. But at the same time, it's like, I have an opinion about it, and I'm not anyone important. Does that make it news? No. 
I think the big thing this week was a lot of it was discussing the opinions of the pitchers that are dealing with it right now. Like, it's borderline kind of insanity. Like, literally, the other day, they asked the same pitcher four times in six innings for checks. And he's like, literally, he took his pants down. He's like, where do you want to check? Like, where? Do I need to, like... I think... Do I need the glove treatment at, like, TSA? Like, what are we getting ourselves into? I think that was over the top and completely and totally unnecessary. Like, I get you're fed up or whatever, but at the same time, like, this is a new rule that's being implemented and they have to be seen following through with this rule. And, like, I get it's annoying, but... Like, it's part of the job now that yeah. they're enforcing it. Like, stop being a baby. Yeah, I I understand I don't. Like, I, 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 as of every time I've, we've talked about it, I've always been kind of on the fence. So, like... You've always been on the fence about this. I'm like, it's in the rule book. It should have been enforced the whole time. So yes. now they're finally enforcing, yeah. enforcing it. And I get when you're used to something not being enforced and suddenly it is and it's becoming a problem. But at the same time, like... It's always been a rule. You're the one who's always been breaking the rule. I think the biggest and hardest thing for me to get over is the fact that they just didn't do this at the beginning of the season. Like, it would have made sense. I think... Like, give them a heads up to the the fact that you're going to enforce it instead of it just being like, hey, next week starts. Well, I think part of the reason they finally decided now is the time to do it is there's been more no-hitters and all these other things happening lately, and they're like, well, we can't have this. Yeah. So we're finally going to enforce this rule. But that was what most of the articles I read were about. And so I'm going to instead discuss the two pieces of other news that I found during the week. The first one is about player health. So Salvador Perez exited the Royals game against the Yankees on Wednesday night after taking a hard foul ball off his face mask. But he has passed the initial test ruling out a concussion, so I guess they're going to keep testing to make sure they didn't miss it the first time or something like that. They had to have a backup catcher step in, obviously, when that happened. But he said he felt fine and he wanted to go back in. And they're like, no, you can't go back in. We have to do the thing. Yeah, it's becoming more and more regular to see concussion protocols in any kind of sports, so it really makes sense that they didn't let him come back in. Seems like he'll be fine, but, like, I wouldn't want to go back in after being hit in the face. If I could count on the amount of fingers and toes I had, I still wouldn't be able to reach the amount of times I've had that situation happen and, as a kid, been forced to go right back into the game. So, Well, when we were growing up, they didn't care. No. It's whatever. Rub a little dirt on it and keep on moving. But now they realize that multiple head trauma is kind of a bad thing for a kid or an adult to go through. Go figure. But what I thought was the fun bit of news for the week was that the USPS put Yogi Berra's likeness on a stamp and it was released to the public on Thursday, June 24th. There was a small ceremony commemorating the stamp that was hosted by broadcaster Bob Costas. And the stamp has a smiling Barra in his Yankees uniform and the words Yogi Barra forever. Because it's, it's a, a forever, forever stamp. stamp. Wah, wah. So creative. But it seemed like the ceremony had like family and all of that. Yeah. It's cute. Very sweet. Well, there were a few more injuries this week. So you had Braves pitcher Mike Soroka. Uh, he's going to require season ending surgery after a setback in his recovery from a previously torn right Achilles. That's fun. It's really not. It looks really, really, really bad. Uh, also, Mets pitcher Joey Lucchesi will be undergoing Tommy John surgery to repair a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow. 
for once they're having it because of an actual injury and not because they just want to strengthen the elbow. Right, yeah. Byron Buxton fractures his hand after being hit by a pitch. He'd only been back three games from a long-term injury that he was recovering from in his right hip. So it's like, welcome back, and now you're back on the injured list. Congratulations. That didn't last long. No, three days, poor guy. He's a pretty crucial part of that team, too, for the Twins, so it's just sad that as soon as he comes back immediately, he's back on the injured list again. Also this week, Phillies pitcher Aaron Nola ties Tom Seaver's record with 10 straight strikeouts. He had two strikes on the 11th batter but couldn't get the job done, which is kind of sad because he was so close to getting it. I remember you said to me, well, why didn't you just give it to the guy? Like, the guy who was at bat. He was one strike away from him just getting the record. And, like, I get it. You don't want to be on the receiving end of that record either, though. But I'm thinking, you know, I'm just petty enough that I wouldn't. Like, I know it would be nice and, like, they get to be one better than the other record. But it's like, no, I don't want to. I want you to almost get it and not quite. Because I'm that person. So the record hasn't been reached by a pitcher since 1960. Tom Seaver and Aaron Nola are the only pitchers to ever do it. So uh, in the history of the game, previous to that, it was the record was nine, and it was held by somebody in 1886 when the MLB was first being founded. So no big deal. You know, goes back a ways. Uh, the Orioles ended their 20-game road losing streak on Friday by defeating the Blue Jays 6-5. to five which is, I guess, exciting for the Orioles because that's a long time to lose. And the Padres beat the Dodgers to get their first series sweep of the Dodgers in a eight-season period of time. So it's so sad to see the Padres doing so well after I leave San Diego. You know, like, they're just turning it all on. Everything seems to be going in the right direction. So a game that my dad got to go to, and I don't think he realized that the record actually happened while he was there because he didn't send me a text about it, which he usually does. When fascinating sports things happen when he's at sports events. Yu Darvish becomes the first pitcher to reach 1,500 strikeouts in less than 200 games. He completed it in 197. The nearest pitcher to him was Randy Johnson at 207 games. And for the NBA, I believe you told me this is the most amount of news that you have. So now I'm a little bit nervous because you had way more MLB than I had. Yeah, but you didn't have much MLB to start with, so in fairness, it's kind of a different I also comparison. don't have a lot for the NBA. So. Well, that's a thing. <laughs> Let's take a quick walk through the NBA playoff picture because we are currently in the conference finals. Right now, the Phoenix Suns are leading the LA Clippers 3-1, to and the series is tied over in the East with the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks 1-1. to and those two will obviously break that tie tonight, no matter what, because they play at 7.30 Central Time. So we'll see how that breaks down. It looks like the NBA and the NHL are going to kind of finish around the same time, depending on, obviously, how far out each one goes, but they're not going to be that far off from each other. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So the NBA started as a little closer to a full season than the NHL did, obviously, and the NHL having that later start somehow is just, packed in these games just back to back to back. I feel like that's how the NHL season usually is. Yeah. Roughly, though, they always seem to be around the championship normally at the same time, so it's a little off this year, but I think that has more to do with the NBA loading more regular season games than, obviously, the NHL did. So The Atlanta Hawks forward Bruno Fernando 
has been suspended one game without pay for leaving the bench area during an on-court altercation. And Philadelphia 76ers center Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Okay. That's how you say his name. Okay. Yeah. Has been fined $35,000 for escalating the on-court altercation by pursuing Atlanta Hawks forward John Collins in an unsportsmanlike manner and failing to comply with an NBA security interview following an on-court incident. Yeah, so he pushed right through the NBA security guard and then shoved Collins into the stands and then stood over him like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, okay. You guys were in each other's face. You were bumping chests, being angry, bro dudes, but then you took it too far. This is a sport where, like, if you get a little too into someone's face on the court while the game is happening, you get in trouble. Like, this isn't hockey, and, like, you're taking it just too far. Yeah. And Indiana Pacers have announced that Rick Carlisle is returning as their coach. He had previously coached them from 2003 to 2007, and then they broke up for a little bit, but now they're back together. Yeah, he, he's pretty committed coach. So after the 2007 season, he was the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, and he has been until he terminated his contract two years early. Uh, just last week we talked about that. Yeah. So he wasn't uh, out of a job very long, to say the least. But his contract is for four years at $29 million. So I didn't see that. That's... Pretty good amount of change. Yeah. Yep. But speaking about the Dallas Mavericks, they've also agreed to a contract with a head coach of Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was most recently the assistant coach with the Los Angeles Lakers, but also more than likely going to be a Hall of Fame basketball player as well. So You got to be kidding me. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to get you a Jason Kidd jersey, even though he's not <laughs> playing on the team. It'll be a Mavericks jersey with the coach's name on it. That makes sense, right? You know, I think I've seen weirder things at hockey games. Yeah. I mean, people go to Penguins games wearing Penguin onesies. Like, it can be weirder than that. You're not as weird as you think you are. Yeah. Uh, also this week, the Portland Trailblazers announced that they're hiring Chauncey Billups as their new head coach. Currently, he's an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Clippers. So since the Clippers are still in the playoffs, he is still actively working and can't show up to any team-related things yet for the Portland Trailblazers. And the hiring of coaches did not end there. Uh, the Boston Celtics also hired Ime Udoka as their next head coach. He was most recently the assistant coach with the Brooklyn Nets. So it sounds like a lot of assistant coaches getting promotions rather than like old timey head coaches coming back. Right. Which right. I think is good. Some young blood in the the head, new head coach role. So, but also this week we had the NBA draft lottery. They do it the way you're supposed to with the little ball bouncing around inside the thing on like the nonsense that the NHL does now where they just lift up a placard and you have to believe them that that was right. Uh, I'm basically just going to go over the first 10 picks. It'll be quick. First pick went to the Detroit Pistons. Second pick went to the Houston Rockets. The third pick is going to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The fourth pick is going to the Toronto Raptors. The fifth pick to the Orlando Magic. Sixth pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Seventh pick to the Golden State Warriors via the Minnesota Timberwolves. The eighth pick is going to the Orlando Magic via the Chicago Bulls. The ninth pick is going to the Sacramento Kings. And the tenth pick is going to your favorite team in Louisiana, the No Pelicans. And then for the MLS, I think this is kind of funny, but also I have a stupid sense of humor. So we'll see if you think it's funny. Red Bull Leipzig has signed American teenager Caden Clark from the New York Red Bulls. It's an inter-family loan. Yeah. Or signing. 
Clark, who is 18, will remain on loan at the Red Bulls until the end of the MLS season before making a move to Germany, where he has signed a contract until 2024. Does he get paid in Red Bull is all I want to know at this point. You know, they haven't said anything about what the contract actually comes out to, but yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, a lifetime supply of Red Bull plus X amount of dollars a year. <laughs> is that all the MLS news you have? Yeah. You looked so guilty. I'm sorry. On to the real soccer. Um, so. Well, I mean, it was a kid going to a, quote, real soccer team. So, I mean, I feel like that is real soccer news. Yeah, to an extent. He's still in the MLS for now. But the Euros are actively going on. Obviously, the Euro 2020 slash 2021 tournament is what I'm calling it at this point. We have, obviously, your favorite wife picks winners situation. Uh, You improved your win-loss record to 22 and 15 this week. That's so much better, right? It's you, you ended up with two more wins than you did losses last week, so it's an improvement, I guess, in comparison to what you had previously. Seven more wins than losses at this point. I'm doing great. Yeah. Like, obviously, don't ask me to pick your lottery ticket or anything like that, but, like, I'm doing a good job. Yeah. And today's picks are going to be between Netherlands and the Czech Republic, which you picked the Netherlands, which I think is a interesting game. I think that one could go either way, as could the next game that goes on today it's it's going to be interesting to watch see what happens is you say two different countries and then i just pick one like it's not like i have all this background knowledge or i know anything about these teams or who's on what no it's just the good news is there's nobody on first so who's on first is fine but the second game we have is portugal versus belgium and you picked portugal which was a little bit of a shocker for me just because the portuguese team is very young and very old, and nothing in between. Mm. So you have a lot of players who are past their prime and a lot of players who just don't know what they're doing quite yet. Yeah. Whereas Belgium is kind of right in that sweet spot right now, so... You must remember the secret I let you in on earlier, which is I know nothing about these teams, and I just hear two countries and pick one. Well, you know Ronaldo plays for Portugal, obviously, which is probably not a bad person to bet with. Yes, that is something I knew before you just said it just now, obviously. Totally something I knew. (laughs) It sounds like you don't. But um, continue to follow up with us on Twitter. We are running the hashtag WifePicksWinners every single day. So, um, you know, we're about to put it up on Twitter for the day on that one as well soon. So just kind of keep... Keep your eyes open for that. Um, There are some big games coming up this week. I think one of the biggest being Germany and England. The last time they met was in 2008, Hmm. and Germany won 3-2. So here's to hoping that happens again. But the way Germany's been playing, it's either they're here or they're not. And it's, it's sad. Well, I obviously cannot go based on, like, my family heritage or anything like that because I'm equal amounts German as I am English. So it's like... Flip a coin. Either way. Yeah. I think I would root for the Germans because I like German soccer better than I like English soccer. I didn't know that about you, but that excites me a little bit because it's really the better league. I feel like it's more aggressive than English soccer. Yes. But I don't watch a ton of soccer, if we're being honest. But other than that, guys, I think that pretty much wraps up the news for the week. Nothing else really going on. So we'll catch you on the book episode on Thursday. Which will be way longer than this episode is. So if you need longer form content, just you wait. It's coming. Make sure you're staying in contact with us on all our social media. We will also be there for our two-week 
hiatus between seasons, so make sure you check us out via the links, which will be linked in the show notes. And we'll see you for the book episode on Thursday, guys. Bye. Bye.